Uh, let me say a pleasant good afternoon to you, those of you who are joining us. We have a station all the way in beautiful Washington. Uncle Howard, what's up, man? Dina! <laughs> what's uh, up, man? Hey! Man, you're looking good. You're looking good. Damn, that sunshine is green with you, brother. What? Man, hold on. Let me elevate this so I'm, I'm not looking down. All right. Grab a couple of books. Yeah. <laughs> I stretch. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes. Well, we finally found him. Um, um, uh, you see him? Yeah, I saw, I saw him. Yes. Be nice. Hold on now. Let me elevate this so we're not looking down. All right. There you go. There we go. Hey, you should have taken, you should have taken us to that fancy studio you got there, brother. Hold on. I can do that. Hold on. I'm, I'm in a, that requires, uh, I don't know what it requires, but that studio is, uh, as we say in Jamaican language, bossy. I want to see, on, I want the listeners to see this. What you're looking at there, folks, and let me just jump into it and say that's history. And you're going to be, uh, you're going to be surprised at the history this guy has behind that name. Be nice. I was yes, just, sir. I was just playing us one of his songs. Uh, you know what? I think I'll play it back again because, um, in the early years, as soon as he sits, ah, there he is in his studio. Hold on, let me try to turn this up. I got to get the lights going. Yeah. Um, let me just put this in the background. My name is D-Nice. D-Nice. Yeah, man. He's been um, at the forefront of hip-hop. And I, he touched on a little reggae sometimes, too, because this is where they're coming from. And I, yes, I, uh, music is where they're coming from, and they, they have launched a thing that has never changed. I, I, this is maybe I'm the older guy here, not maybe I am, uh, but I totally, totally love this type of hip hop. What about you, Drew? I love the old, the old school. There's nothing like old school when it comes to hip hop, reggae, soca, anything, but like you know, old school is it. Yeah, because these guys started real young, real young, and um, they continued. I, we're gonna get into a little bit of history. So, so, so we're we're in my studio, but I, I'm just showing you right now what the studio looks like. You know, got the lights, everything. Wow. I got cameras in here. You know, like I really built it out. Beautiful booth is LED booth. But for this interview, I got to keep this close to me, so I'm gonna sit it over here. Yes, keep it close to you because we want we, we want to talk with you, brother. Trust me. You know, right. you could um, be my son. You're like Michael to me. Yes, absolutely. All right. So here we go We're now. Family, man. We are family. Family, my brother. Family. I always look at it that way. It's nice to see you. Likewise, man. Not in a working mood, just in a relaxed mood, and you're ready to talk to us. So I'm going to hit you with the first question. Originally, you're from the Bronx. Yes, sir. Well, I was born in Harlem, Uh born in Harlem Hospital. That's where I'm from. I moved to the Bronx when I was a kid. So like my formative years were in the Bronx, but technically I'm from I'm from Harlem. Ah, no. What part? Uh, what part of the Bronx you live then? You grew up South Bronx because I was afraid um, of South Bronx. To be honest with you, yeah. <laughs> well, Karis One, who started our group, um, Karis One was from the South Bronx. I lived in an area called Highbridge, so Highbridge was kind of notorious. But Highbridge is the birthplace of like of hip hop, like right down the street where Cool Herc and those guys, you know, Cedric Avenue. That's the area that I grew up in. 
Um, but KRS was from the South Bronx, which was like super rough. I grew up by Yankee Stadium. Ah, can I tell yeah. you a little secret? But before I get there, let, ju- let, let me just ask you this. When did your musical path start? And in that time, being so young, how, how, how did it feel? Um, my musical path started at 15 years old. Mm. Uh, and it was, it didn't feel, it just felt like fun. You know, like <laughs> I never imagined being where I am now. It felt like fun. That's why those, those records, even though we were talking about what was going on in our neighborhood, musically, it was, in sonically, it was still fun records to make. You know, like South Bronx, we're talking about, you know, Boogie Down Bronx, but it was still like a fun record, you know, um, uh, you know, I wouldn't change anything about the day, the early days of hip hop for me, you know, like that's what makes like being 50, you know, I'm 50 years old and relevant to the looking world. Looking 35. <laughs> I'll take that. Yes. Looking you know? good, brother. Yeah, man. Yes. Yeah, so, ah, there's another, uh, fami- familiar face, uh, you're looking at here. I'm going to introduce you to them. Um, Two of Montreal's favorite DJs, uh, Don Smooth, a former radio man like myself, K103, and uh, of course, Drew, who is What's controlling up, the sound. What's up, the Smooth? You, you What's mean, up, D-Nice? D-Nice. What's up, man? Listen, Stretch, I, I just want to say this because I, I, I never thought I would have this opportunity. Hang with, hang with stretch. You'll have all these opportunities because this <laughs> is, this is that. family you're talking to here. This is a beautiful thing, man. This is a blessing, <laughs> really. I, I just wanted to take a moment and, and say that when I was starting on my first and the people I went to high school would notice my name was D Smooth and that was all for the strength of my name is D Nice Record. That's nah, how my that's DJ up, name, <laughs> that's how my DJ name started. It was D Smooth and it was all for the strength of that D Nice Record. They called me D Nice. That's, how much of an impact, just wanted to let you know how far your impact went into a high school in Montreal, Canada, back in the late 80s, early 90s. Yes. Man, that's awesome. Are you, you're still in Montreal, right? I'm still in Montreal, still yeah. DJ, and still doing my thing. I love, I love Montreal. I, I, I visited there twice. Um, I did a, a, pri- no, a private event out there, and I kind of fell in love with the city. Um, I didn't realize. I mean, obviously, you know, I know it was heavily influenced with, like, jazz music. Yes, um, yes. But, um, you're totally but, right like, there. Yeah, when I when I was out there, the, just the love of music for people um, is just awesome to experience, man. So let I can't wait you, for this to be over to return. Let me ask you something, be nice. Um, because in 1988, Henry Antoine, a promoter here in Montreal, had um, um, brought up uh, what's his name, your rapper, your uh, oh Karis. Karis, my Karis God, what? he's gonna kill me. He came to Montreal. Did you come on that trip, 1988? Anything so 1988, else? if KRS was here uh, or in Montreal, I was there with him. Yes. I was KRS's DJ from... That's what from, I was um, about to ask you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we were... Because we were doing shows out there. I was young, though. So I was like... It was fun. That time, I was 18 years old. So I wasn't really paying attention to all the places. I just remember, like... Yes. I remember clearly going to Toronto. I remember we, were, we did a run in, in Canada. So I remember being in Vancouver because... I remember where we performed. We were performing at like, it was like, um. I like that. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I got to no, plug no, this in. No, no, it's okay. Go ahead. No, no, no. My power is going to go out. That's what I was saying. Let me plug this in. Uh, um, hold on. Hold on one sec. I thought it was only in Canada we had this power thing because, you know, my power went off in Pierre France for three hours the other no, day. No, no. 
that's why I was I was late signing on. My iPad was dead. Ah, um, yeah, I would have. You're doing like, too many my, things my at the same time. Say it again. You're doing too many things at the same time. No, 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 no. I wouldn't say that. Man. Ah, I've okay. had a long week because we have. Um, I'm in the middle of dropping a single. Um, you know, in two weeks, so we've just been preparing, preparing for that. So a lot of calls, a lot of interviews, um, and um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. But what I was saying, like, I remember performing in Vancouver mm-hmm. because we performed at like, um, like a fair, like you know, like um, almost like like Six Flags kind of vibe, you know, like we were doing those shows in in uh, in Canada. So I do remember that. Um, but no, Montreal is awesome. Yeah, yeah. but you know, wh- one of the things I want to, hey, you guys can jump in, you know, don't let stretch hog the show, okay? But <laughs> I, I, I have some questions. I, I want to know, how was it working being part of the Boogie Down production crew, like uh, Scott LaRock and KRS One? And yeah, that, I like that picture. How was it working with all these guys? Well, you know, just from my remem- my memory, um, uh, just remembering those times, it was, it was always, um, uh, DJ Scott LaRock was one, my mentor and KRS One's mentor. You know, he was the social worker at the men's shelter in the Bronx ah. where KRS One lived. Right. And my, my cousin was a security guard there. Mm. So, um, Scott was his, you know, it was just awesome. Like he taught me how to DJ, taught me how to produce music. KRS One pretty much showed me how to like write lyrics, you know. Um, part of, you know, a lot, a lot of people don't know part of, uh, my big record called me D nice. KRS one wrote the first verse. You know what I mean? Like I wrote the second verse. KRS wrote the first verse <laughs> to show me how I should be as an MC, you know, and I just still kept it. And, um, and that was always like the blueprint for me in terms of like hip hop. So like being with those guys, it was always about knowing how to do everything. You know, that's, you know, I mean, that's what kind of makes me, I don't want to say great. That's, what heavily influences how I perform now as a DJ, um, being in control and being in command and, and allowing people to, to see who I, I truly am. And it's because of that direct reflection, um, of what I learned back in the day with BEP. All right. You said KRS1 influenced you. Uh, um, and, um, the other guy. Now tell, what would you, what would you say to these, Two DJs sitting across from me right here in Montreal. Oh man, I don't think I have to say anything to these guys, man. First of all, D Smooth. (laughs) (laughs) God, D D Smooth, you 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 won't leave this down. I'll be calling you that from now on. Bless, man. (laughs) Bless. I don't want to leave this down. (laughs) I think. I think. Look, man. What happened to me as a DJ has been very. it's been inspiring even to myself i look back at my own story and i'm like wow like i can't believe um where i am as a dj you know like when i started after i left hip-hop you know and, and you know the, the the struggle was different it wasn't a terrible struggle you know what i'm saying it wasn't a bad struggle because i've always been surrounded by love but when you think about the struggle of not having um, um the career that you want you know, the, the career, when you have a taste of thing mm-hmm. and then you lose it, mm. nothing, nothing, you know, just things weren't the same. Things weren't easy. But I also know that that was God's way of preparing me for where I am now, because without those struggles and without the, the, the struggles of not having the career, because like I said, I've always been surrounded by family. You know, I've always, always been surrounded by family and nothing ever seemed like a struggle in terms of that. But it's like when you have this desire to 
have live a life with no regrets in terms of like career. When I look back on it, I'm like, man, it is the reason why I'm here right now is because I, I really did work hard and I do work hard. You, you know, do like, work hard. And I don't like, tell know, them I, I too much about where you, you are. Know, stretch if I could ask, ask a Wait, let me just here. finish this because I don't want mm -hmm. Dina is telling, telling everybody because I want them to sit and listen. Don't yeah. then tell them too much where you are at the moment. Because you are where everybody would love to be. But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, young yeah, man. Yeah, like he said, like um, he's at a point now where obviously I was it's safe to say that this is this is the peak, the climax of your career at this point, right? It's safe oh, to yeah, say that by far by I can far tell you right now, from from my BDP days, the, that those days pale in comparison to what's happening right now. This is different. So now, like, I mean, you led the revolution of the online streaming for DJ. Um, I read that you said, you know, you've been working on doing your DJ album now for like nearly a decade. Now everybody is coming to you and wants to be on this record. How, how do you manage to filter out who you're going to mess with? Do you ever hold any resentment for those that you reached out to in the past that, you know, didn't return the favor, but now everybody's coming to you? How do you, how do you handle no, that? No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't harbor ill feelings at all. You know, like those, you know, the only person that can be bothered by those feelings is the, the, the individual that's holding those feelings. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I let it all go. I don't, I don't knock anyone because the thing, the thing about it is all of those things have to happen for me to be in this space. Gotcha. You know, like, so that's why I don't, I just let it all go. Like for me to be in this very space right here, I had to, have, the doors had to be shut. You know, like I, feel you. Yeah. I wasn't ready for where I am right now, you know, and it, it had, had success. This type of success happened years ago. I probably would have been an egomaniac. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, but because it happened at an older age, I'm in a position to help guide people and to help, you know, fundraise and raise, you know, millions of dollars for people and for organizations virtually through DJing, you know, yeah. like I raised money for HBCUs and raised, you know, had that amplified with a partner, you know, and, and, you know, you know, raise money for, you know, the little girl dying of cancer, you know, she, unfortunately she passed away, but you know, on my IG live, I raised like a hundred thousand dollars for her, you know, for wow. our family, cover their Beautiful, expenses, man. you know, like things like that, you know, raise, you know, nearly half a million dollars for the CDC foundation when the pandemic first hit by just selling shirts, Will Smith and I, you know, we created the D-Nice Club quarantine shirt. I was and trying to beg one of them shirts. They look well. beautiful. If you'll see, <laughs> yeah, we, if you'll see you know, what I have on here, it was done by Drew. It says, Oh, nice. Oh, boy. Yes, yeah. yes, I like that. Yeah, I love you it. You have to send me one of those, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, let him put on one of them that night. There's 100,000 people going to see that shirt. <laughs> D-Nice, yeah, I want to ask, ask you a question. Well, I'm rolling back. Sir. Rolling back past a year ago, right? You know, you're fully booked. You know, I mean, you're doing the club circuit. You're doing everything you're doing. And then the pandemic hits everyone. You know what I mean? What what state of mind were you in when all of that happened, knowing that all your booking is going to, all your booking is probably going to go out the window? And at what point did you say, you know what? I'm going to take this show online. Well, at that point, you know, because I've been, you know, heavily involved for the last, like, decade in, in politics, you know, you know, obviously I DJ for the Obamas and I did, you know, um, um, the inaugural ball. And, I, you know, I was on the road with like Joe Biden during his second, you know, run for office. Um, I knew people that were 
you know, just kind of like involved in politics. And, and when I reached out to them asking them, like, man, how long do you think this is going to go? When, when, when the former administration was saying, oh, this is going to be a two month quarantine, <laughs> my people were like, man, there's, there's no way. We don't even have a cure for this. We don't even know what it is. Yeah. So that's when I, I became scared because I knew where I was financially and I was watching all my gigs cancel. Like, yeah, that was a terrible thing. You know, like you work. Look, I'm not a new DJ, no. so I couldn't. There's no starting over. You know what I mean? Like, I really worked hard on this career and this is what I love. So, you know, of course, like everyone else, I was afraid. Like, man, what is what? what's life going to look like, you know, a year from now? Am I still going to be booked? Like, I'm watching these gigs cancel, you know, and this was pre-club quarantine. There was no club quarantine. This was just me working on the strength of my name and being consistent for all of these years. And when when that little bit of fear hit me, that's when I started DJing online. It was, you know, I was home. I was home alone. You know, I wasn't quarantined with my family. As a matter of fact, I don't even have family in L.A. You know, like I moved to L.A. because I need some sunshine and I wanted a little bit of change. Um, so uh, uh, being out here when people were, you know, quarantining with their families, I was just alone. My way of staying connected was to jump online and to share stories, not even to DJ. It was to play a couple of songs and tell like, hey, I would play a little bit of Call Me D-Nice. Like, oh, I remember I did this show back in 1990 and I was in Cleveland, Ohio, and I would share the story. Then I'd play another song like, oh, I remember back in like 1987, we were in this club called The Rooftop and Brucey e. B was DJing. Like, I was sharing those stories. And it was like just under 200 people there. And um, the next day, more people came. And I played a little bit longer. Then by day three... I played for like, I played for like nine hours of music. Yes, that is what uh, I was going to ask you. But hold that thought there, D-Nice. Because yes. if you don't, somebody is going to whip me in my head for not playing their commercials. So just hang on a minute for me, oh. all right? <laughs> You're listening to one of the world's famous DJs um, uh, in the studios. Not in the studios, on Zoom. All the way from beautiful... Los Angeles. D-Nice is in the studios with us. So uh, we're going to pay some bills and then we'll get back to you. All right. So keep it locked. Uh, those of you who are in Washington, D.C., logged on to West Indian Rhythms here in Montreal. Good afternoon. Bonjour. Comment ça va? Because ici, we parle français. Right, right, right guys? We, 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 we. They're of no use to me. We're going to pay some bills and then we'll get back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Flavors. Open six days a week till 8 p.m. Closed on Mondays. Call 514-587-8423 TNT Palace 6343 Victoria. This message is intended for all Quebecers. We must take extreme measures to curb the pandemic. Only essential services remain open. Gatherings are prohibited. It's forbidden to leave your home between 8 p.m. and 5 a.m. These efforts aim to protect our healthcare workers, seniors, and loved ones. Let's comply with the lockdown and curfew to lower the risk of contracting COVID-19 because our health is important. For more information, visit quebec.ca slash confinement. A message from the Gouvernement du Québec. Tonight, sweetie, I'm making you your favorite meal. 
It's the least I can do after an entire week of taking away your phone, going through your messages, calling you names, insulting your friends, and shouting at you. Yeah, tonight I'm making you your favorite meal so I can start another week of taking away your phone, going through your messages, calling you names, insulting your Violence against women stops here. Contact SOS Violence Conjugale. A message from the Gouvernement du Québec. Now, more than ever, the simplest gestures are our best protection to fight the virus. That's why we need to continue following basic health measures, such as keeping a two-meter distance from others, wearing a mask and washing our hands regularly, avoid travel and non-essential trips, and if you develop symptoms, be sure to get tested promptly and follow self-isolation guidelines. See all of the measures in place at quebec.ca slash coronavirus. Let's continue to protect ourselves. Why did you hate to admit it? Your name is D Nice. That was KRS. I explained earlier, KRS wrote the first verse, so that was about being arrogant. Like, oh, D Nice, but I hate to admit it. Like, it was just that arrogant vibe of uh, hip hop. You know, I was always supposed to be different than Chris. Chris was more political. I was young, so I was supposed to. Instead of like being flavor flavor to just me, like the flavor was silly. I was supposed to be the dude that like attracted all of the young girls to love the people while KRS spread it, you know, while he put the message out there. Right. So, uh, yeah, it was fun though, man. I, I miss those days. Yes. I love where I am right now in life, but I miss those days. I'm yeah, so, but you were younger then and yeah, you didn't think of money. You didn't think of nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. what was we the question have, you had asked? You didn't have all these bills to pay. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, sorry about that. When I cut you off, you, you were telling us. Anyway, do you, any of you guys remember where we were there? No, yeah, I know, we, I know exactly where we were. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, here we go. So I was, I was saying, um, you know, by day three, that's when this thing really started to take on a life of its own. Yes, where yes. it started to mean something to people. Like people, we were pretending to be in a club, and by day three, someone someone was like hey this is like it feels like a real club you should call it club quarantine and that's that's when i changed the name of it yes, to club quarantine and question. um you know it used to be called homeschool when i first started because i was sharing these stories about music and then it became club quarantine by day three and uh day three i called one of my buddies uh legendary dj clark kent and i said to him i was like man this thing feels different it feels real like and uh, he said yo you should actually start djing now and that's when I connected turntables and started playing music and DJing. And then it, from there, it just took off, man. Wow. Um, when you said play music, what, what, what kind of music were you playing? Would you be playing what Montreal is playing? Um, I play everything, you know, like I literally play. Now I kind of narrow it down because I, I enjoy playing a lot of R&B always, you know, but like in the beginning and certain sets that I do are always themed sets. Because there's so much music to be played. Those early days, I played, I mixed everything. That's why I'm able to do these 19-hour sets, 19 straight hours, because <laughs> I listen to, I listen to Afrobeat, I listen to South African house, I listen to soca, I listen to reggae, I listen, you know, to, to everything. 80s pop, you know, 
yacht music. You know what I mean? I listen to R&B. I listen to 90s hip-hop. I listen to current hip-hop. So I can do long sets like that because I know so much music. And I, I love it. I love it all. Um, you know, my, my anniversary for Club Quarantine is coming up on the, the 19th of this month. I'm, I'm actually going to play 24 hours straight. You, you alone? Know, 24 hours straight. I'm going to play 24 <laughs> hours straight. That's, 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 how, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, how no does that work? Breaks, no eating? When do you no, I still eat. I mean, the screen is narrow. Play. So, the screen is narrow. See, what y'all don't see is through the narrow screen, I usually have about like eight strippers on this side. <laughs> I have a final <laughs> service girl over here. That's just all in my mind, man. It's all in my mind. Again, I got eight of them I do, I do, I do eat. I just like, I'll put a song on and then I may have like a little, you know, a little salad on the side or something. I may be a sandwich, you know, usually I'm like, yo, I'm gonna let it breathe. And then I'm off to the side and you know, I'm back. <laughs> I never let people see me eat, but you know, I, I definitely, I definitely eat. But 24 hours. I think, when, I think when it's, do you it's, actually it's, sleep. Yeah. I, 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 mean, woke, look, I woke up this morning. I woke hey, up this wait, 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 Drew. You hit seven o'clock. You were well, you were on, and I was saying, man, this guy's not going to. We're not going to see him on the on the interview today because he's going to need no. his rest. Drew, you think I? You, you think know I what happened to D nights? I heard. Yeah. I heard he fell asleep one day while doing no, the no, show. No. How? I, no, explain no, that. I, I I actually didn't end my live. I thought I ended the live <laughs> and I left. <laughs> 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 And there are still like 4,000 people in there for hours just having their own party with no music. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's, but this it's morning, nice. what happened, what happened this morning was that I went to bed early. Oh. I, I, I function on five hours sleep. Like I'm good, yeah. but I went to bed early last night. I had, I did, um, Kenny Smith, um, you know, uh, NBA guy. Um, I did his, uh, NBA all-star virtual. Yeah. So we did it on my IG and we did it on like Zoom. We had two things going. I did that set and then I went to bed and I woke up and it was like three o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I was like, yo, I, you know, <laughs> I didn't feel like reading. I was like, yo, I just, I should just get on and play music. Cause usually that time of morning, like, you know, I, I expected to be like, you know, a thousand people. I still have the screen. I just literally just turn it off. It was like 30,000 people in there. For me, it's three o'clock in the morning and people are like just up listening to me play music and Deborah Cox, you know, um, you know, all these singers are in there. I'm like, wow, like no one can, clearly no one can sleep, man. What? Hey, Denise, I'm wondering, I, I want to ask, cause you said like you do these marathon sets, 19 hours and all of that. And any DJ knows, like when you get on IG, if you, you know, the copyrights, they hit you, they, they flag you, you're gone, like in the first 10, 15 minutes. So I was wondering with you, was there, a conversation. What was the conversation? Was it between you and Instagram or you on the labels that allow you to play the music without getting the flags and without getting hit? Good question. No, I, I actually never had a conversation with anyone. I think they just, you know, they probably, maybe the rec, you know, a lot of the record companies reached out to me wanting me to play their music. So, you know, that's probably a conversation that they had with IHD. Like, I still get flagged. I get okay. flagged. That's, that's why you, I don't play any Jay-Z. I don't play anything. <laughs> like, you don't hear me play those records. Right. Uh, see, a lot of DJs, the thing is, if you have, like, if you have success playing a song, because these platforms don't have the rights to play music, but if you have success playing a certain song, you should just make a note of it. Like, oh, you know what? I played that. It kind of went through. 
Like that's what I that's why you've never heard me I don't play Jay Z. I'm like, oh I get it. Like right, you play right, Dave, right. ten minutes later I'm kicked off. Uh, excuse me. Um I don't play Rihanna. I don't play these songs. I don't play Drake. Not that I don't want to. I just know that I'll get flagged. So, you know, you just gotta know. I mean, and that's why I use the echo a lot. Like like there are tricks to it for me. Mm. Some DJs like to just play the music straight. Me, I like to speed it up some. I like the effects on the mixer. You know, I'm using a DJM um, S11 right here. Amazing, amazing effects. Like, you know, I'll put all of that on there. And that, that kind of became my style, like a signature. But people don't realize that's not the way that I was DJing pre-pandemic. That's the way that I learned to DJ in order to not be flagged as much. So that's, you know, and I just kind of made it a part of my thing, made it a part of my sound. So, yeah. Going from always uh, DJing for crowds and an audience and having that instant reaction, how did you adjust to now doing it virtually where you're, you know, you're in your crib, you're in your living room, you're, and you're not getting that live reaction? How did you find you had to make that adjustment? So if you, if, if, if as far as like, it's really based on the comments. Mm-hmm. Like if people, if people are in the comments and they're leaving hearts, you know, like on IG, you see the hearts flying on the side. Yeah, for sure. If you're constantly seeing hearts fly, that means that someone is sitting there pressing that button. Yeah, yeah. You're not pressing the button if you're not if you're not having a good time. Also, I pay attention to like how many people are in there. Like if the number keeps going up or if it levels out and it's not dropping, that means that people are really having a good time. So in my mind, I just sometimes I'll just close my eyes and I'll just imagine seeing all of these people there. You know, if, you know, like last night uh, on Kenny Smith thing, you know, there were at the end of my set, it said it was like 122,000 people there, but it was like, because I, people have things to do. Like no one's, people usually go in and out. People go in and out. My set was two and a half hours long. You know, people, some people hook it up, you know, to their, to their systems, but people are usually like, they'll come in for 10 minutes and leave. They'll come and hear some music and their phone rings and Instagram kicks you out when you answer your phone. Yeah. Like they were consistently like, for that entire like time, it was consistently like, 7,000 people in there going in and out, but the number stayed at 7K. So that means that people really love, you know, like they love the music. And I, you know, I just use my imagination. It's crazy because it really, it, for me, it feels like I'm there with people. Yeah. No, it really does. And you get that vibe when you're in the room and people are in and out. I see people are conversating back and forth with each other and you really get, you take yourself there mentally. Like you really get that vibe. Do you think yeah, it's like going to continue when we can, when we're, when things open back up globally, do you think this aspect, this DJ live streaming is now going to remain in the culture and? Oh, absolutely. Right. It's absolutely. here to stay. Like it's here to stay. You believe? I wanted to do this DJ streaming for a long time. That's what, what makes, um, I, you know, I don't know what your, your situation is, your relationship with God is. But I'm telling you right now, like, this was all, like, this was divine. I saw it happen before club quarantine. You know, like, in December of last year, I kept telling my friends, like, man, 2020 is going to be the biggest year for me. Didn't know how. I just kept saying it was going to be the biggest year for me. Then I had another conversation, and I was like, man, I I mean, one day I wish I could, like, because I was tired of being on planes all the time. Like, man, I wish I could just DJ from home and, like, have it piped into someone's, into, like, the club, like. I don't know if people would be into that. And like, here you, here you have it. Like, I have a freaking club in my house now. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> I have a club here and I'm like DJing for people all over the world. 
like, and there's a community now. It's not even just about DJing at this point. There is a community. I mean, if you saw me DJing this morning, that you saw those people in there. It's the middle of the night. The people are in there just listen. And I wasn't playing party records. I was playing slow songs. Slow songs. People, people were just in there listening to music and like communicating with their friends and meeting up. People have like love and respect for people that they've actually never met in person, that they only met in like an IG. And if you go to any other DJ's lives, there's no community like that. There's no DJ that keeps the numbers that I do. So I know it's not just about the music. It is a safe space for, for people. All right. You know, people do feel comfortable with that. Let, let me just acknowledge uh, some of your, some, some of the people. Alison Garraway, all the way in beautiful Maryland is online and, uh, Chantel. Uh, that's, oh, what, wow. They're, they're on here right now. Yeah. They're all over the place. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be reading all of that because that will take up all our time here. Um, you know, I, just listening to you and uh, the the DJs, uh, listening to you DJs talking, I realize, um, you know, it, it's it looks good and easy because you're spinning to this there and uh, all that. And uh, with my young DJ, I have a young DJ working with DJ Nicholas. He's not a talker, or else I would have had him on here. And um, he's very good at what he does. And they're just like these two. And there's another one called my original DJ who knows everything about you guys. You can't hide nothing. Um, he, he, he's in Jamaica or else he would have been here too. Uh, his name is DJ Butcher T. But you know, I, I'm wondering when do you get tired? Because you say you move on five hours sleep and every time I fool around, the nice is on. When you do what you love, you know, you don't even think about being tired. You know, like I get to play music for a living. I love music. I'm an artist. I'm a producer. I, you know, I'm a DJ and I get to still play music for people all over the world. And when you know that the music is affecting people, the music saved lives, you know, during this time, during this pandemic. So sometimes when I go on live, it's not just because I want to DJ. It's because I know that there are people out there that really need to hear the music because their minds aren't right at that moment. You know, in that moment, they're, they're battling with depression. Yep. People have lost jobs. Yep. People have lost family you yep. know, members and friends have died. I mean, personally, throughout this pandemic, I lost multiple friends from Andre Harrell, like, wow. you know, you know, ecstasy from Houdini, you know, just the other day, Prince Marky D from the Fat Boys. These are like my friends. Prince yes. Marky D was in my IG live every time I was on, you know, and yeah, like watching people die, you know. Um, so I know that the music has been saving lives and the music has been keeping people inspired. And that's my reason for getting on. All right. You know, it's not. Yeah. And we are enjoying it. Believe you me. Uh, I'm just going to hit you with something that these guys don't know about you. Other than being a DJ, a rapper, producer, how did photography slip in the mix? I was, I always loved photography, um, but I didn't start taking it seriously until I met an iconic photographer uh -huh. by the name of Gordon Parks. Uh, Gordon Parks was the first black photographer for Life magazine. Yes. 
you know, he was also a director. He directed the original uh, Shaft movie. He was also oh, yeah. a published author. He was also a musician. You know, his his book, you know, uh, uh, is part of like, you know, school cu- curriculum, you know. So when I met him, he was a true Renaissance man. And um, he photographed me with a bunch of a bunch of hip hop artists for to recreate this poster called a great day. It was a jazz poster from like the fifties and sixties, whatever called a great day in Harlem with all of the jazz musicians. So they recreated that shot with all the hip hop that were out at that time. And, um, watching a man that he, you know, when he, when he transitioned, when he passed on, he was in his nineties. So at that point he was like in his seventies. So to watch someone in his seventies still do what they love and still be passionate about it. I was like, man, I want to be like that. And then I started taking pictures um, and always had a camera with me. And um, Uh. later on, when I returned to the music business after like being gone for nearly a decade, I returned as a web developer and then I started adding photography into it. So, yes, I I shot campaigns. I shot album covers from artists like Talib Kweli to Carl Thomas to I was a feature photographer on America's Next Top Model. I shot two campaigns for 50 Cent for Reebok. Um, you know, like, yeah, Great Goose campaigns, Nike campaigns, um, all while DJing. I just wow. don't shoot that much anymore because I, I DJ a lot. And as much as photography is my passion, um, DJing is something that I'm really, really into right now. So I tend to do more DJing. Man. Uh, That's and- incredible. And you're dropping an album soon. <laughs> I'm dropping a single in two weeks. I can't, I, you know, I, I wish I could tell you who's featured on it. It's a huge wow. artist, but I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to say anything until the 19th because the single will be out on the 19th. And that's when I'm going live to talk about, um, um, that record. You know what I mean? Like, in uh, you know, it's a, it's a really, it's a really, it's a strong record. We've been working on the album now. Um, and, uh, you know, the album will definitely be out at the end of June towards the end of Black Music Month. But yeah, the single will be out in actually less than two weeks. I'm and curious, what's the approach? Because when it says DJ album, does that mean you're doing the production? Does that mean you're going to be doing yeah. ad libs? Is it going to more? Be- it's a combination of both, more like co-production and of course ad libs on it. Um, selecting, you know, the artists that I want to work with. Um, yeah, it's like I mean, I'm fully involved in it. You know, I, I was they were trying to get me on another meeting. But I, you know, I, I, I couldn't disappoint Uncle Howard. <laughs> they were trying to get this meeting right now. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, D nice talking Thanks, Uncle Howard. Yeah, you're so welcome. <laughs> Thank I you. Don't think, I don't think I would have been able to explain this to him. Like, listen, man, I gotta, I can't do this Zoom. I, I, I would like, sit to you the next time I see you. I would let yeah, Michael hold two hands and I'd sit and we'd stifle you. But thanks, man. Oh, man I certainly I was, appreciate it. I wasn't going to miss this. No. Yeah, Especially because about- he told me, he told me, he said, uh, he had a couple of, of his buddy DJs that were going to be on that. So I was looking forward to meeting you guys. Yeah. I appreciate had it, brother. Appreciate what, what, it. What's his name again? D? D Smooth. Come on now. That? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it on D Smooth. I, 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 I get a copy of this. I'm going to sample that. Yes, you have to. <laughs> you know, you had a question for him because we're running out of time. Yeah. Stretch, I take my mic might be giving a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you a question. I heard an interview with you and we were talking about uh, your album coming out on record labels and that. And in the interview, you were saying that uh, when you started the quarantine uh, club, that record labels reached out to you and you spoke to them, but you never got back to them. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, I mean, so early on in, during the pandemic, it was about 
playing music, people saw the wave happening. And, you know, a lot of record companies wanted to get involved with what I was doing. So, you know, say if it was XYZ record company, they wanted me to call it XYZ Friday. <laughs> I didn't take take the money because it was, for the first time in my career, I felt like I was in full control of something that I created. Mm-hmm. You know, like I created this thing. I created this club quarantine and this concept and for people to be here and to hear music. And I didn't want to give that away to anyone. Like the feeling of it was just great of like, wow, like I did this. Like when I was making rap records, I lived in the shadow of KRS-One. I lived in the shadow of some of the greatest artists that were out during that time. You know, like, no, I wasn't as popular as LL Cool J. No, I wasn't as popular as Rakim, you know, the, the rappers from my era. Well, here we are now in this day with what I was doing and what I felt. I was like, man, this is actually my thing. So I don't want to call it XYZ Fridays. Like, no, it's just going to be club quarantine. And if someone wants to, you know, want me to DJ or be part of it, cool. It's still going to be club quarantine. It may be presented, you know, but that that top header is going to be club quarantine because that, this is my thing. This is you what know? I worked for. This is what I worked for for all of these decades. So. It's never disrespect to any of the record companies because I truly, truly appreciate the support that they've given me. You know, I've done record company events on my, you know, on my, my IG live and I've also done private events via Zoom. So my studio here wasn't built for my IG DJ set. My studio is actually built for, for my Zoom performances and like those platforms. That's why I have like multiple cameras all over studio lights. Um, and it's because I do those types of events. So I'm, I'm, I'm truly humbled that record companies and other brands feel good enough about the brand that I built that they want it to be part of what they're doing. And I'm glad that I said no in the beginning because it would have been a different type of thing. It wouldn't have been what this is. It wouldn't have had the same integrity. It wouldn't have had the same level of respect that it does right now and that I, that I do because I don't do everyone's thing. I don't do everything. And I, and I also stay true to the, to the followers, to the people that, you know, like I could easily just run off in the sunset, and not DJ on IG ever again, because I have so many private events, but I go on on IG, like I said earlier, because people need to hear the music. You and know, it's always going to come from a good space. We got 10 minutes to go, but I have to ask you about this. I just want you guys to listen to this. Now, I used to rock because we had cassettes in them days, okay? And when we, whenever we went to New York to pick up records or whatever we did, there, there was a, re, uh, uh, a record store in Bronx. I think it's called Tads or Pads or something. And um, they had introduced us to this song. And, uh, of course, we had to, in, not we, but Butcher T had to investigate. And this song is one of the best, if not the best hip-hop song I've heard in my life till this day. And this is what it sounds like. We all agree tonight, all of us <laughs> have agreed that America has a very serious problem. Oh, wow. No destruction. No destruction, brother. The violence. Well, today's topic self-destruction. 
shit, it really ain't the rap audiences bugging. It's one or two suckers, ignorant brothers, trying to rob and steal from one another. You get caught in the mid, so to crush that stereotype, here's what we did. We got ourselves together so that that's KRS one for what's right, yeah. not negative cause. The way we live is positive, we don't kill our relatives. Pop, 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 when it's shot, who's the blame? Headlines, front page, and rap's the name. Hold on, I might just start a party in, in this studio here. <laughs> Man, I, you know what? I, one other question. You produced this, didn't you? Yes. Yes, I was uh, 18 years old when I produced that. Wow. And um, Butcher T says to ask you this question. How did you get all these um, rappers into one studio to do the, their little piece? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't responsible for bringing the rappers together. And that was one, um, you know, all of the rappers on there had a great deal of respect for our, for BDP, for KRS in particular, you know, but they had a great deal of respect for what we were doing. And to put that record together, it was great. A lot of us were in there during the initial meeting when we were discussing the concept of doing a record. But when it came time to like producing that song, you know, people came in different times, like, I wasn't in the studio when Public Enemy laid their part. We sent the two-inch reels to PE. They were on the road, and they recorded their part, and they sent it back. You know, like, when I was in the, I wasn't in the studio when Dougie Fresh recorded this part. Even though I produced the song, she like- the schedules were just off, you know? Um, you know, people were doing shows, or KRS and I were doing shows, and people were laying their tracks, you know? Um, so, you know, once, it, once everyone finished laying their parts, I rearranged it and mixed it. And we put it out. We sold nearly a million copies, which back then was difficult to do. Mm-hmm. You know, to sell it nearly a million copies is insane. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I will say this. It is definitely my favorite production because of what it represented and the fact that that record is still is, you know, still played three decades later. I know. It's beautiful. It is. It is beautiful in every sense of the word because, you know, the old guy with the gray hair still does that. You know what I mean? Uh, because it's still, it's <laughs> timeless. Still, it's timeless. <laughs> it's timeless. timeless. Yes. You, you put the word right. It's timeless. You, 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 um, you, you never get used to it. You never forget it. You know, True. and I, I am, I must say congrats. You know, I, I wish we could go on with this, um, interview for the next, Two three hours, but we'll just do it again. We'll do it we, again. We will do it again. Believe you me. We'll do it again. And I just I'll give you my word on that. We'll do it again. We'll do it when my single comes out. Yes, then sir. We'll, then I'll, oh, you're reading. Then I'll jump back on. That hey, you're reading my mind, it. aren't you? <laughs> because that's what I'll, I was I'll thinking. When the single comes out, you're gonna come back and sit right across Absolutely. from us. And uh, are we gonna word. hear a D nice uh, 2021? No, no, I'm not rapping. Are you going to be spitting on your album? No, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. I thought about it, but then I was like, nah, I'm good, man. Let's just focus on this project for what it is. And it's, it's a, it's a beautiful project. You know, like it it really is. I can't lie, man. Like artists, man, artists really came through for me. Some of my favorite artists, some of my, some of my favorite artists, you know, they really came through and it's going to be a really, it's going to be a solid project. And, you know how like Khaled, Khaled's approach is more hip hop or like David Guetta's approach is more like EDM and stuff. dance music. This, this album is more an R&B approach and, and it's, it's just fun. It's been fun to make it, you know? 
earlier in the interview you said that you see what's happening now with all the virtual parties and everything that's that's here to stay yes do, 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 do we do we expect to see a d nice pay-per-view anytime soon <laughs> oh i don't know i couldn't <laughs> tell you that huh? <laughs> No, you I know, I, you before I forget, I must say congratulations on receiving the Webby Artist of the Year. Oh, um, thank you. What's the next project to look for uh, to, to look forward to from D Nice? Yeah, this this project here is this is the next one. Like I'm not well. The next big thing, obviously, is my anniversary weekend, but that's in less than two weeks. But that's when I premiere the song. So it's all it's a really it's going to be a very interesting weekend because I'm. Um, you know, on, on Saturday, so exactly two weeks from today, so Saturday the 20th, I'm going to do, I'm just going to go live without DJing for like four, like four hours and utilize, um, uh, Instagram live rooms. So it'll be a four person chat like this and talk to different people, man. Talk to people about the music that got them through the quarantine. So it's called, it's called hashtag CQ got me through and it's going to be awesome. A great way to, discuss with people each song so hey hey uncle howard like what song got you through the pandemic so you can say you know i don't know what you're listening to but go ahead i'm you know tell me what that song is ah uh, the way we were by barbara streisand okay come on like that's a great that's a beautiful song it is so so like just imagine this so if i talk to all of you and then next thing you know i got another group of people on and then you have like you know, hopefully, like, fingers crossed, Michelle Obama or Oprah. That's or, what I want to ask you about. What about Mark? Yeah. What is Ian Zuckerberg from Facebook? You, you know, did something like, hey, with him? Mark wants to jump on and share his info, like, you know, share his song. Great. But then at the end of the four-hour set, we'll create, like, you know, I'll have someone compile all of those songs. We'll create, like, a playlist that'll be, like, the Got Me Through playlist on Spotify. Like, you know, and then I'll also... At the end of that that set, at that conversation, I'm gonna play a set based on all of those songs. That so it's more it's like the people set. Ah, it's it's a it's yes. a set curated by everyone that's been listening to it based on the songs that got them through the pandemic. Yes. Any any famous last word, you guy? You you want to ask him a question? Okay, we gotta wrap uh, I'm, it up. I'm just curious. I mean, obviously, D Nice does need it because the crowds go wherever he is. Yes. But I know you do IG the zooms. But I've never seen you on Twitch. I'm curious, is that like, did you purposely say, nah, that's not for me, I'm not going there? So, it's, um, look, man, I, I got a good thing going on on IG. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good thing. It's a way to directly communicate with people. I can go, I can sign on IG and you'll get that notification. Or you can happen to be on your IG and see it like, oh, D is on. And you're just immediately in there. One click. Not that I wouldn't use Twitch. I do have a Twitch account. And I have a YouTube account and all of that. I just don't use it because it's like, I like what I have. You know, mm -hmm. I like the situation that I have. I, and I also wanted to go one full year of doing just that. The thing that changed the world. The world wasn't changed musically because of Twitch. Nor was it changed because of YouTube or Zoom. It was, it was changed musically because of this one particular platform. And I happen to like the platform. I like, I happen to like the ease of it. I happen to like the the closeness of it, and I also love the fact that I can read these comments. When I do like a Zoom event, I don't see the comments, so it's literally like I'm just standing here just playing music, mm -hmm. and I don't like that feeling. So usually, if I'm doing like a private Zoom event, 
I hire I hire someone that will be in that Zoom event as well in that exactly. Zoom conversation to send me text messages like, "Hey, this person is in here. This is what they said," and then I I feel connected to them. I feel like, oh, it's not just me playing music, you know. Like I don't I can't sit here at home and just play and just DJ for no one. That's why I go as much as I do because I want to hear music and there's no one here. So yeah. I mean, my mom says right now, but like, usually there's no one here. So for me to just play music is just kind of boring for myself. So, but you know what? Let me just play a set for people. So, um, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, I may expand to like Twitch eventually. Like I have club quarantine on Twitch. Because I mean, I, like you said, you, you obviously you don't need it. The people are going to go where you are. It's just that the, the whole reason why the DJs made the switch to Twitch is simply because you were getting kicked off of IG. The whole popularity of Twitch was you were able to go there and play your music and not everybody's D-nice and like we would, we, we ran to Twitch because of getting flagged and kicked off of IG. Totally. And, and Twitch is dope, man. Like, I like that you can use Twitch and you can still use other applications while listening to the DJ. Um, and I'm actually set up, you know, like, I mean, my whole setup is, you know, set up for IG. I got this Yamaha, um, TF rack mount, um, um, digital mixer. So it's automatically set up to feed. I can do Twitch here, like just by signing on. That's it. Um, I just haven't done it yet. Um, could I was you, just like, ah, I'll, I'll use my Twitch account when other DJs are on to show some love and respect. But it's like, I also believe that you should let people have, let them do their thing. You know, like it's dope that other DJs have found Twitch as a home. You know, um, and they utilize it, you know, and they found other platforms, but like, you know, don't, I don't want to take the shine away from someone else. Like my thing has been IG and mm. I'm enjoying that. Um, you could know, you, everything. could you young people uh, answer me this question? What the hell is IG? Instagram. Instagram. Oh, why, 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 <laughs> that's what I was saying. Instagram. Why did you all say that? <laughs> um, I'm I'm sitting here wondering. IG is another one to confuse me. Whenever Jew texts me, he texts me on IG, PG, CG, WG. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes I'm so confused. But anyway, I am. Um, Instagram. How many? What's the most? Because I was looking at your thing one night, and it says um, you have 2.5 million people or something like that. Was I reading correctly? Wait, say it again. I I thought I saw two point five million people in your IG. Then let me. See. No, no, no. That's how many follow. I have uh, two point six million followers on Instagram. How much? Two point six million followers on how Instagram. Much? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Two point six. Crazy man! I can't get twenty people when I'm playing my love songs on the, on this. I I think I better go to IG. Anyway, <laughs> you better go to Twitch, man. <laughs> we got to wrap up and uh, D nice and D. Uh, D smooth. I, I didn't Let's say go. it, you know, D smooth. <laughs> I only say it after these guys, D smooth. And of course, Drew, I want to thank yeah. you guys um, for making this so interesting. And when you release that song, you understand? Come back to me because if you don't, we will be playing this song. You understand me? We will be playing it over and over. This is um, Stop the Violence. <laughs> I'll send you the new song. You send it, it to me. We're going to play the new song when it's out. I'll send it to you the, the, the day we release it. I'll send it to you in text. Thank you, my friend. Be nice. All right. Good to see you guys. It was a good pleasure. Good to see you, man. Continue success, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you.
2.6 million. I need something with two something in it. I have 20 people. I'm telling you, nice guy, beautiful person. Uh, but that was great. Yes, was great. you know, I, I've seen him in in New York and he never forgets. I, I really and truly. I mean, this guy is a big name in the business. When I tell the you, biggest. big name. Yes. But the biggest. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, he, he's like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have the words to express. He's like you two guys. Very nice, polite, everything. But you know what I think is something very interesting that stuck with me that he said is that he had to go through what he went through to be able to handle yes. all of what he's getting Yes, now. yes. Yeah. And I think that's why he appreciates it and handles it the way he does it. Didn't become like an egomaniac, which would have been very easy. Yes. Yeah, you know, but none of them in that crowd, that group, um, have any ego, you know. I have met um, big fat guy. He died. Um, what's his name? And uh, um, DC Light and some of them. I met them in the early years. Butcher T and I, when I used to go to New York to buy records. And none of these guys have any kind of ego like what we see today. You know, KRS-One, he was as simple. He wasn't afraid to tell you. He li he told us, Mike Williams with Shum FM. And mm. he told us, at, at K um, I nearly said K103, but CKUT, <laughs> um, that he lived in a shelter. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he was... I think when, when the bridge is over, he was still, like, homeless, like, in a shelter. Yes, yeah. you know. And these guys pulled themselves up. Be nice. That, na that name... That name is what he should have. D nice. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice it, it, it person. Suit him. It suit him. It suit him. Yeah. You see how he's not afraid to talk to us. Yeah. And right, D. D smooth. <laughs> you gotta remember. I remember, <laughs> but I ain't saying I it I, first. I think I even have a hat thing. Because like, what I, I'm gonna do is say gotta, is Drew who spread that D nice. D, <laughs> D smooth. You gotta yeah. get, gotta get smooth. that cowboy hat. You know what yeah. I, mean? oh, I, yeah. I want to ask him about the hat culture too. But yeah. Oh so yeah. There's so many yeah. things with him. It's like no, it, it, we could not finish. We needed two no, hours. There's, there's so much. There's yes. so much. But I want to thank you too, um, for sitting in with me, helping me out with this because I wanted to talk to this guy, and you made sure that it was okay.